July 3rd, Acts 21, verse 37, through chapter 22, verse 16. As Paul was about to be taken inside, he said to the commander, May I have a word with you? Do you know Greek? The commander asked, surprised. Aren't you the Egyptian who led a rebellion some time ago and took 4,000 members of the assassins out into the desert? No, Paul replied. I am a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, which is an important city. Please, let me talk to these people. The commander agreed. So Paul stood on the stairs and motioned to the people to be quiet. Soon a deep silence enveloped the crowd, and he addressed them in their own language, Aramaic. Brothers and esteemed fathers, Paul said, listen to me as I offer my defense. When they heard him speaking in their own language, the silence was even greater. I'm a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, and I was brought up and educated here in Jerusalem, under Gamaliel. At his feet, I learned to follow our Jewish laws and customs very carefully. I became very zealous to honor God in everything I did, just as all of you are today. And I persecuted the followers of the way, hounding some to death, binding and delivering both men and women to prison. The high priest and the whole council of leaders can testify that this is so. For I received letters from them to our Jewish brothers in Damascus, authorizing me to bring the Christians from there to Jerusalem in chains to be punished. As I was on the road, nearing Damascus, about noon, a very bright light from heaven suddenly shone around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, sir? I asked, and he replied, I am Jesus of Nazareth, the one you are persecuting. The people with me saw the light, but didn't hear the voice. I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord told me, Get up and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all that you are to do. I was blinded by the intense light and had to be led into Damascus by my companions. A man named Ananias lived there. He was a godly man in his devotion to the law, and he was well thought of by all the Jews of Damascus. He came to me and stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And that very hour I could see again. And then he told me, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know His will and to see the righteous one and hear Him speak. You are to take His message everywhere, telling the whole world what you have seen and heard. And now why delay? Get up and be baptized and have your sins washed away, calling on the name of the Lord. So faith, faith is a powerful personal force that enables you to express supernatural energy that overcomes all restriction and creates the world that you want. First thing is to decide what you want. And by the way, I've checked out the list and I didn't find these things on the want list. Humility, brokenness, repentance, holiness, purity of heart, worship, sacrifice, unselfishness, sacrificial love, 
Mm, not so much. What's on the list? Health, wealth, prosperity, success, all temporal, material things. None of that that we heard jubilant singing about. Now, if all that sounds familiar to you, but you say, I didn't read The Secret. But that sounds so familiar. You have been watching TBN. It's what you've been doing. You have been exposed to this lie, this deception, this pagan pantheistic perspective that has been turned into a spiritual Ponzi scheme, making the people at the top of the food chain rich, preying on the desires, the material worldly desires of the people who want all this stuff. Comes under the name the Word Faith Movement, Prosperity Gospel, name it and claim it. It's being advocated by people like Benny Hinn, Marilyn Hickey, Frederick Price, Joyce Meyer, Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagen, Robert Tilton, a man named Kuntz, Oral Roberts, Paul Crouch, on and on and on. That's what they say. They all claim the same thing. As a Christian, you have the personal power to recreate life's reality into exactly what you want it to be. And they do it in the name of Jesus. All this in the name of Jesus. It is a lie. It is a blasphemous lie. It is a lie that preys on the weak and the desperate and preys on the people who have nothing but fallen, corrupt, unregenerate, normal human desires. Oh, it works. It makes the predators rich because everybody sends them the money. That's how you trigger it. That's how you prove your faith. And everybody else is disappointed. Now, what is the source of this? Where does this come from? Answer, Satan. This is satanic. This is satanic. This is not just off-center. This is satanic. Why do I say that? Because health, wealth, prosperity, the fulfillment of all your dreams and your desires, that's what Satan always offers. That's called temptation based on the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's exactly what corrupt, fallen, unregenerate people want. That's why it works so well, right? You can go right into Satan's system, make everybody feel religious, and turn a, their desires, their temptations into somehow honorable desires. I mean, what did Satan say to Jesus? Grab some satisfaction. Why are you hungry? You need to eat. You need to be healthy, whole. Why would you let yourself be unpopular? Dive off the temple corner. Whoo, everybody will be wowed. You'll be the winner. You'll be the champion. You'll be the Messiah. They'll hail you. And by the way, if you just look over the kingdoms of the Word, I'll give those to you too. That's satanic. It's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, 1 John 2, 15, 17. It's all part of the world and it's all passing away. And why are these false teachers so successful at what they do? Be because they're in cahoots with the devil. Why is Satan successful? Because his temptations, although they might appear noble on the outside, are in perfect accord with all the fallen, corrupt, selfish, proud, evil desires of sinners. This is a false kind of Christianity and a false view of God. And even preachers 
use the name of God and the name of Christ to propagate blasphemously a false god. False religion is the most heinous of all sins because it's a violation of the great commandment to love the Lord your God, the true one, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And false religion that borrows His name but creates a false God and borrows the name of Christ but creates a false Christ is the worst kind of blasphemy. By the way, I've said these things in a letter to the people at TBN because I know that they would hear this and I put it in a letter. They weren't too happy about it. But I, I need to say that. Do you understand this is a burden for me? And I think preachers like this who preach this stuff hate the true God. I really believe that. I believe they hate the true God and they are afraid to death that somebody might find out who He really is, that He's a God of absolute sovereignty, that He's a God of absolute knowledge, He is a God of perfect wisdom, He is a God of perfect holiness, He is in perfect control of everything, absolutely sovereign over everything. That kind of God terrifies these kinds of people. And He is a God who is concerned about fulfilling things on a spiritual level, whether you ever receive anything on a temporal level. I think they have hatred for the true God. They hide the true God from the eyes of their followers and they put in His place an idol of their own making with the same God. 